Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. It's Ham Radio. Good evening, everyone. It's time for Ham Talk Live. It's episode number 91, the Bouvet Island D-Expedition with Ralph Fedor, K0IR, recorded live on Thursday, November 30th, 2017. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Uh, tonight, we had uh, scheduled Ralph Fedor, K0IR, and uh, hopefully we'll catch him. We're, we're having some trouble finding him right now. Uh, so we may have to uh, we may have to postpone this episode. So uh, we'll give it a, a couple of minutes and, and see. Uh, but um, we're, we're not able to find Ralph at the moment. So uh, hopefully he'll, uh, he'll show up. So we'll go ahead and talk a little bit and uh, see if he does, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, bring you um, some updates on the uh, Bouvet Island de-expedition tonight, and if not, we'll reschedule it, and we'll uh, we'll come up with, uh, with an update here before they take off. Well, last week we took the week off for Thanksgiving, but uh, remember, if you ever miss a show, you can listen anytime at hamtalklive.com. Or uh, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, SoundCloud. And we're also over on YouTube. And um, whenever we have an interview, you can call us. Don't forget that phone number. It's 812-NET-HAM-1, 812-638-4261. Or you can Skype us at HamTalkLive. And uh, you can also tweet us. We're at HamTalkLive as well. And we come to you every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time um, right here at HamTalkLive.com. And be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Well, the phone is ringing here, so let me uh, get uh, things rolling here, and we'll be back. And uh, hopefully uh, we've found where Ralph is. So we'll be back after this word from Tower Electronics right here on HamTalkLive. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you in part by Tower Electronics. 
Tower Electronics has been the Ham's Dime Store since 1978. When you need connectors, mobile and handheld antennas, cables, or adapters, visit Scott or Jill at a Hamfest near you. Or you can order online at pl-259.com or call 920-435-2973. Stock up on those supplies like PL-259 and in connectors, SMA adapters, audio cables, soldering supplies, mobile antennas, and hand Sticks. Their silver-plated end connectors are even used on the International Space Station. Tower Electronics carries MFJ, Comet, Daiwa, OPEC, Workman, and HamPro products. And don't miss their 0% off sale going on now. Tower Electronics, online at pl-259.com. Proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. Coming to you live from the glass-enclosed Faraday box. Here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live. Join the conversation. Call us on voice with Skype at Ham Talk Live or give us a call at 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. Thanks to Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show to help bring you Ham Talk Live. They'll be at the Ocala, Florida Ham Fest on Friday and Saturday and Plant City, Florida on December 8th and 9th. Or you can call 920-435-2973 or visit their website at pl-259.com and tell them you heard it on Ham Talk Live. So thanks to them, and uh, they're going to get some uh, well-deserved time off before too long. So um, thanks to them for sponsoring the show. Well, uh, we're, we're trading voicemails here with Ralph, and uh, so we are going to go to Plan B here for just a moment, and hopefully we can uh, bring him in on the phone line, uh, but... Uh, if not, like I said, we will uh, we will reschedule. But uh, let me pull up a tune from the Ham Band, and um, we will uh, listen to that, and uh, hopefully we'll be back uh, with uh, with Ralph here. So here's the Ham Band. Here's seventy threes, one of my favorites, right here on Ham Talk Live. Came right back to my CQ call The readability five and strength nine You never once mentioned your weather at all And I didn't mention mine We talked and talked for hours and hours I completely forgot you're a ham I don't know your power or the height of your tower Frankly, I don't give a damn for 73s, to you and your family, I'll be seeing you further down the log. Your 73s, to you and your family, I'll be seeing you further down the log. It's hard to believe that you're anti because you sound just like a local up here. But why 
Wrestling Mediterraneans Check it with frequencies clear We're warm and cozy In our shacks We have talked about thousands of things About shoes, about ships About sealing wax About cabbages and kings So 73's To you and your family I'll be seeing your brother down the log Your 73's To you and your family I'll be seeing your brother down the log all right. Well, that's uh, the ham band. And hey, we found Ralph and uh, he got uh, delayed and um, he's uh, he's not able to get on Skype here. So we're going to get him in on the phone line. So uh, bear with us here for just a moment and we will get uh, Ralph on here. And uh, in fact, I believe we have him right now. Ralph? Yes, sir. Okay, there we go. No audio check at all. We're ready to roll. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. We're just uh, just uh, explaining to everybody that uh, we were going to get you in on the phone line here. So uh, this is uh, okay. Dr. Ralph Fedor, KCYR, and uh, he lives near St. Cloud, Minnesota, and has been licensed since 1962, and his passions have been DXing, contesting, and especially de-expeditions. He's been on several trips, including Navassa, Amsterdam Island, Malpelo, uh, Bhutan, Peters One, and Saba Island, just to name a few. And uh, he's currently organizing and fundraising the Bouvet Island Expedition, along with uh, Bob K4UEE. And your other team leader was, I uh, didn't write it down. It's Erling in Norway, LA 6BM. Yes, that's right. And... Um, He's a retired doctor and radiologist, and he's an extra-class operator, operated from 27 different countries, and a member of multiple radio societies on the board of the International DX Association and elected to the DX Hall of Fame. So thanks for joining us. Sorry we had to uh, to take you away there, but uh, we, we finally got you in here. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Neil. I had a little uh, little computer glitch at the last minute here, and I couldn't get Skype to uh, to play nice with me. So uh, we'll do it this way. I have had many a night when Skype has not played well with me, so I I uh, totally get that. Well, you've uh, you've been busy here. We've had uh, a lot going on for this trip. We're getting close, so uh, it's been a little over a year since we talked uh, about this. Um, so I'm sure there's been a lot happening um, between now, uh, then, and now, and uh, been seeing some tweets uh, from the team. So uh, bring us up to date on what's uh, been happening since we talked last. Well, since we've talked, we've uh, we've maintained a full team. We we never blinked there. Um, some of the uh, the big events that have occurred. We had a team meeting in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, in September. Uh, we packed our sea container, a forty foot sea container, uh, that subsequently went aboard a ship, made its way down to Panama, went uh, overland and not through the canal to the west coast of Panama. And uh, currently that sea container is in San Antonio, Chile, uh, waiting to make its last leg down to Punta Arenas. Uh, Our team will be arriving in Punta Arenas, uh, Chile, on January 10th or thereabouts. Uh, On the 13th, we will fly across the Drake Passage and meet our ship 
and hopefully um, sail a little bit later on the 13th, begin our 2,700 nautical mile voyage to Bouvet. And of course, there's been all kinds of preparations uh, uh, punctuating <laughs> this little scenario I've just outlined. I don't think a day goes by that I don't uh, have a little fire to put out. And I spend um, usually multiple hours every day on this trip. I get up in the morning and never know what's going to be uh, facing me here. There's a, a new, something new to fix or a new fire to put out. But we have no major problems. Uh, we're on schedule. And, uh, uh, you know, n no storm clouds on the horizon. But in these uh, situations, you never know what tomorrow's going to bring. But so far, so good, Neil. Yeah, well, uh, this afternoon, and, and this, um, Thursday afternoon is always Ham Radio Club at school, and uh, and we were talking about uh, what we were going to, to do today, and, and we got to talking about, uh, you know, you being on the show tonight, actually, and and so um, we said, well, hey, let's pull out this video, and we pulled out the Peter One video, which is, is one of our favorites. And uh, we got to see you uh, on there as well as Bob and, and a lot of the, the crew. And uh, we, we watched the video again and, and watched the little drama at the end where, where you, you didn't have everybody off the island yet. So, you know, it's, it's like that one. You never know what's, what's going to happen. <laughs> well, that's right. And uh, there's, there's always a factor X in these trips. There's always something unexpected that, uh, you know, you, you, you don't dream that it could happen, but it always does. And it may be something, uh, you know, very simple. Uh, we've, uh, we've, uh, rescued a, a Russian uh, ship that, uh, was uh, stalled near the, near the, uh, uh, not the Falkland Islands, South Georgia Island. Uh, we've helped seasick sailors. We've, uh, set some wildlife free that were trapped. And we've had some, you know, difficult things like the guy getting stranded on uh, on Peter the First. Always something pops up. Yeah, ho hopefully uh, this time it'll be an unusually good propagation time. That would be a nice surprise. Well, that that would be a real nice factor X to have. But yeah. uh, you know, something uh, uh, interesting about this uh, Bouvet, where we're going, and North America during the time of uh, year that we're going, share a common gray line. So North America is going to enjoy some uh, enhanced propagation, uh, and I think we'll do okay with North America. It'll be a little more difficult with Japan and Europe, but North America uh, should do pretty well. Well, that's good news for us anyway, but uh, sounds like uh, things are, are coming together and... Uh... You, you've got the big uh, journey coming up here. So uh, tell us a little bit about this FT8 thing, which has caught wildfire. You, you've got a way to uh, figure it out to do some FT8 uh, from the, uh, the expedition? We do. And, uh, you know, I'm uh, brand new at this FT8 business, so I've been spending time in my shack getting on that mood and trying to become familiar with it. Uh, we're looking at it. Uh, not as a primary mode, but something that we can use when conditions are very marginal. Uh, the bands have not quite opened up yet, and we're hoping that the um, increased capabilities of FT8 will allow us to make some QSOs during those, those times that we might not otherwise be able to make. 
if the bands are open and uh, we can use the high rate mode, CW sideband, RTTY, we will do that. But if things are really marginal, we're going to try FT8 and see if that will get through. Now, is there anything that people need to know? Because I know, uh, and I haven't been on FT8 yet. I'm, I must be the one person who hasn't. But, uh, but I know it's very structured as far as uh, what data can go in and be transferred and everything. Is there something special that they're going to have to do to make sure that they get through to you? Um, we've got some instructions on our website. If you go to the uh, uh, propagation page, uh, you'll find some uh, instructions on FT8, our news and updates. Um, having accurate timekeeping uh, mechanisms in place is important because the sequences are 15 seconds long, and if you get a little bit out of sync, um, you, it's hard to make uh, get all the data through. It's not terribly difficult. There's a few little nuances, but it's uh, it's not that difficult, really. Uh, the software is free. If you are on uh, PSK or you know other digital modes, you can do FTA. It's not that difficult. Uh, go to our website, check it out, uh, and uh, if you've got a neighbor down the street who's doing it, lean on him a little bit. You'll be <laughs> on the air shortly. There we go. And and that uh, web address is. Uh, org, And that's B-O-U-V-E-T for Bouvet. Bouvet DX. Yeah, Bouvet DX, all one word, dot org. Okay, so if you're uh, one of those people that are uh, going after the FT8, you may get a chance to uh, to try that out Uh once in a while as the bands uh, are opening, starting to open up down there. Um, so how's the fundraising going? Well, you know, um, I, I'm really happy with the support that we've received from the DX community. Uh, it's just been outstanding. We, we have a little ways to go yet. And our big bugaboo here is the helicopter. Uh, they are black holes as far as money goes. Now, we, we can get everything we need uh, ashore so far um, with the money that we've got. Where we're getting into a little bit of trouble there is that we'd like to get a little bit more ashore, to have two antennas on every band, all the amplifiers, all the generators. And so we're a little bit short <laughs> uh, with getting all the things we'd like to get ashore uh, because of the, the cost of the helicopters. We're going to do this thing, and we'll do okay. Uh, if we could raise a little bit more money to uh, finance a few more helicopter flights, uh, we'd do even better. So uh, that's kind of where we are. I, I really can't say enough about the ham community. They've just been outstanding in supporting us. Um, the Japanese DXers have been amazing with what they've done for us. So uh, we're real happy about that. Little ways to go. Done great. And... Um, you know, all in all happy about it. Okay. And, and I know uh, I was trying to remember, in fact, this afternoon, I was telling my students about the, all the helicopter trips you guys had to take back and forth, um, over on, uh, Peter the first. So how many trips are you thinking it's going to take to get all that stuff over there? Um, I am expecting we're going to need about, uh, 
probably about 60 to 70 hours of flying time uh, for the helicopters. Uh, the number of flights is kind of dependent on wind. Um, if you've got a lot of wind, you can't have bulky cargo slug underneath the helicopter. You have to break it down a little differently. So number of flights is a little hard to, to uh, indicate, but I'm thinking we're going to be in the 60-70 hour flying time range. So, quite extensive uh, to get from the boat over on the island. and uh, So people can help out uh, still and donate, and um, I'm, I'm presuming that's also on the uh, bouvetdx.org website uh, button sure. there to, uh, yeah. to donate, right? Yeah, there's, there's some donate buttons in uh, a number of places. Uh, we didn't hide them, <laughs> so, so you so you can find them uh, quite easily. And, and the budget on this one was is that still we in line are, with what you you know it's yeah it, it's in the range of seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and that's it is an amazing figure. Um, the cost all it basically is transportation and helicopter flights. Uh, our team members have uh, have tried to. Uh, come up with about half of that, and then we're kind of depending on the uh, the ham community for the other half. And as I say, we've been very, very encouraged by what the uh, the hams around the world have done for us. Uh, still got a little ways to go to finance all these flights, but uh, we're getting there. All right. Well, that sounds uh, sounds very interesting, and uh, we hope to hear you from down there and and talk to you while you're down there and. Uh, just uh, really looking forward to adding that into the logbook. So um, if you want to give us a call, uh, please do, or, or a tweet, or uh, um, you can even get on the chat if you're on Spreaker uh, in the comment section there. Uh, but the phone number is 812-638-4261, 812-NET-HAM-1. If you have a question for Ralph, give us a call. And uh, Jesse, AA4OM, says he hasn't used FT8 either, so I'm not the only one. So <laughs> that's good to know. So. Well, I'll tell you, Neil, about uh, 10 days ago, I have never used it either. But uh, there's two things I decided I need to practice on. One was FT8, and the other one was 60 meters, because I had not been on 60 meters before. And uh, since we're going to do both of those, I thought I had to uh, polish my skill level a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. I, I finally did get on the uh, on the uh, JT65 thing and tried that out, and, and then uh, haven't, haven't done the FT8 thing. So maybe we'll, we'll figure that one out. Um, tell us a little bit more about, uh, how you're going to be, um, interacting with, uh, with people back here. Um, you've got, um, a head pilot who, who we talked to here not long ago about some other things, um, and webmaster and, and some things. So tell us about, um, ways that people back here can kind of interact with, you and find out where you're at and what's going on and and how uh, propagation is going and, and that kind of thing. Okay. Um, on the way, we hope to have a position spotting device on the ship so you can kind of follow our little dot across the ocean from uh, King George Island to uh, Bouvet. Uh, when we're on the island, uh, we're hoping to have some type of uh, 
uh, satellite internet set up so that we can perhaps send some photos. I'm not sure if we'll have the bandwidth or the finances to send a lot of photos or videos or anything like that, but we will have some information stream coming from the island. Uh, our pilots will be more of a source for your input rather than our output. So uh, people will be contacting the pilots to reporting how they're hearing us or uh, how propagation is a little different than we predicted and so forth to help us out. Um, we'll have emergency contact uh, uh, equipment available for family and so forth. Um, uh, it, it's isolated out there, so... <laughs> Yeah, you know yeah. it's not uh, not real easy, but we will do it, and there will be daily information and uh, frequent log updates uh, coming off the island, which everybody is uh, interested in. Yeah, I believe uh, the the logo says the the most remote location on the planet. Is that pretty accurate? It is. The, uh, <laughs> it it is accurate. The only more remote place on which man has set foot is the moon. Wow. There you have it, folks. That, that's how uh, rare this one is. And you'll have uh, hopefully a chance to uh, to get them on the air. And you have, is it 10 days of operation? Is that is that right? Uh, we, we, you know, this is all weather dependent. Uh, we are going to have 21 days at the island. Now, it okay. may take us a couple days to get on the island. We may have some weather, you know, delays. Uh, we may have to hurry up and get off the island, uh, but we've got 21 days at the island, and hopefully that will give us at least two weeks on the island uh, transmitting and you know being active. Okay, very good. Well, uh, if you have a question, feel free to give us a call. It's 812-638-4261. 812-NET-TAM-1 is the phone number. Or you can tweet us. In fact, let me run over there and see uh, what we've got. Oh, we have something from Dr. Scott Wright, K0MD. He wants to know, what is the hardest task? The boat ride, the antenna assembly out in the cold weather, or uh, the completion and realization you may never be back there again? <laughs> well, thank you, Scott. Um, I think for, I get the question a lot about what's the most difficult part of a de-expedition. And really the hardest thing for me is not what comes before the de-expedition or doing the de-expedition itself. It's when I get home and somebody says, why do you do this? <laughs> Answering that question, <laughs> answering that question is very difficult. But uh, on the island, I think our biggest challenge is going to be wind, low clouds, and fog, all of which uh, affect us as human beings uh, trying to deal with this temperature and so forth, and our flying. Uh, the wind is going to be ever-present, and it, it does wear on you for a bit or for, uh, you know, for a time. Um, there's lots of challenges, but I think our team is uh, aware of them, and we're ready to meet them. Yeah, and I know that was uh, that was a lot of the problem that you had on uh, Peter the First, and and I'm presuming you're expecting uh, this to be a very similar trip. It will be quite similar. Uh, we're a little bit farther north, 
but uh, the weather seems to um, probably be a little worse on Bouvet than on Peter the First. It's it's kind of in the wind belt. Mm. Wow! <laughs> After watching the uh, the video, I'm just like, uh, okay, that's going to be worse. Well, and, and speaking of video, um, are you guys planning uh, uh, the usual video from uh, from Bouvet? Yeah, there will be, uh, I, I'm sure, a number of different uh, media outlets for the public to enjoy. A video, there will be, uh, you know, lots of uh, presentation at uh, conventions, meetings, and so forth. Uh, we'll try to make ourselves available to the, the ham public to uh, share the experience. All right. Well, that's uh, that's always fun to watch uh, some of the video and see some of the wildlife and, and see some of the challenges that you guys uh undergo uh, when you're on one of these trips so uh, we'll look forward to that and uh you know, scott uh, has another oh yeah go ahead i'm just going to say a new benchmark in the uh you know post the expedition uh, videos and and information is uh, everybody's bringing a drone to these de expeditions now to get nice aerial shots and we've talked about that, but we're a little bit afraid that if we launch a drone, it's going to end up in uh, India or somewhere when the wind gets a hold of it. <laughs> yeah, or at least the ocean. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah th- th- those are some uh, some cool videos uh, with those, but uh, that that very well could happen. Uh, well, you were talking about uh, the antennas, and uh, that's Dr. Scott Wright's uh, second question here. Uh, how will you anchor the 160-meter uh, vertical, um, and do you think uh, DX Engineering will sell them to the ham community at some point? Um, I can't answer the second question. Uh, the first question, uh, w- one of our problems is that we don't really know what kind of surface conditions we're going to encounter. Uh, the surface may be uh, kind of normal glacier-type uh, material where you have a little bit of loose snow on top and then it gets progressively more dense as you go deeper. And that's probably the most uh, the easiest uh, surface situation to deal with. And we've got anchors specifically designed for that type of surface. Now, we may find that the uh, surface is a kind of slushy, kind of a snow cone consistency. That's a little bit more difficult to deal with, but we've got an anchoring system that will deal with that type of surface condition. Or we could have almost solid ice uh, that you, you know, have a hard time uh, putting a, a normal anchor into. But we do have a third anchoring system for that type of surface. So, um, uh, like I say, we don't quite know what we're getting into, but we know the possibilities, and we've got an anchoring system to try and meet uh, any one of them. Now, now and, do you, uh, do you test this stuff gonna... out out up in the Arctic somewhere, or how do you <laughs> how, how do you know what what the, these things are going to do? Um, well, you know, we've got some experience from Peter One and uh, the anchoring uh, stuff we went through there. The other is just do a lot of research. Uh, we've talked to some uh, mountaineering teams. We've talked to a research team that was on Peter the First, or not Peter the First, on Bouvet, uh, maybe one or two years ago. I can't remember. 
asked them what they encountered uh, on the surface. Uh, you know, we've looked at a lot of weather data, temperature, and so forth, trying to anticipate this. And as far as what to take, you know, you just kind of use your noodle and technology and uh, try to figure it out. See, all I can think of is, is you know, you get over there and you're like, oh, I need a USB cable. <laughs> you know, you get all this stuff over there and then you're like, oh, I, I, I need a, yeah, I need well, a quarter no, inch to, no... to three and a half millimeter adapter, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's no Radio Shack on Bouvet. Well, I guess anywhere else now either. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I think there is one um, now, but yeah. Okay. I want to be mm. a little bit more specific uh, about Scott's question about how are you going to anchor the 160 meter vertical? Very well. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I saw, so, or, again, I was just watching that video this afternoon, and you guys were raising up a, a, a vertical and, and uh, mast and some stuff, and I just saw it bend and bend and bend and bend. And uh, so <laughs> um, hopefully it will, will uh, work as well as it ended up on that trip. Yeah. Well, DX Engineering has put a lot of technology and research into the antennas they built for us. Um, so I don't think we can we can take better material. Um, Good. The, you know, Mother Nature is tough. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's some uh, some interesting stuff. So uh, we were talking about propagation a little bit. Um, and I know, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm famous for saying, you know, for weather forecasts that any forecast over 48 hours is purely a guess. But what's the propagation forecast looking like? We're, what, uh, less than two months out. So what are we looking at so far? Well, um, our, our predictions are all based on NOAA's uh, predictions uh for February of 2018. Uh, we've got this all laid out on our website. You can look at videos of propagation moving across the, uh, the world on any band from 10 to 80 meters. And shortly on our website, we will have a, a, a widget where you can type in your call sign and your grid square, and it will generate a personal propagation forecast for you band by band, hour by hour. All in all, Again, North America is looking really pretty good. We may even have some 10-meter openings. It's not a given, but maybe. Uh, 12 meters, you know, maybe a little better. I think 15 on down, we're going to do pretty well. And we've got some good common darkness all across North America, which is important. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, Carl, KD9HQT. Uh, wants to know, have you seen any whales that landed on the shore on the island that caused problems? Any uh, whales? Whales. Whale, like a fish? Yes. <laughs> um, that would be kind of a beach phenomenon, and we mm. will not be on the beach. Uh, the beach is very hazardous on Bouvet. It's not very deep. 
There's ice cliffs in the back, and the surf comes across the beach and bangs into the ice cliffs. So you don't really want to be there. That's why we're going up on the glacier with a helicopter. Um, I am not aware of any whale incidents at Bouvet. Uh, I know there's been some whales grounding themselves in other parts of the world. I haven't heard about that at Bouvet. Uh, there are going to be some uh, seals, elephant seals, and penguins on the beaches. But again, we won't be on the beach to interact with those critters. Yeah, and and I know uh, back on Peter the First, uh, the the edges were just cliffs. I mean, they, there was no way in the world they'd ever get up there. So that, it's going to be pretty really much that way possible. on Bouvet, also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, very good. Well, it sounds like uh, things are coming together, and it sounds like uh, the website, uh, BouvetDX, again, B-O-U-V-E-T-D-X.org, uh, um, has a lot of information up there, ways that you can donate, and um, as you said, the widget's coming, so you can get your own personalized propagation forecast there. That's always helpful to have, so be sure to check that out, and uh We'll look forward to um, to getting some more information through the uh, website and, and some of the tweets. And uh, this is a, an exciting time. Now, is is this the most expensive outing that's that's been done so far? Is that right? I know it's close. Yes, I think it is. Um, this is going to be a generational de-expedition. Um, we... You know, we looked at this. It's the number two most wanted entity. Uh, we thought if we were going to go there, uh, we should do the best job that we possibly can because uh, there may not be another trip there for a long time. So we're going to try to make this uh, as big and inclusive and as comprehensive as we can so that everybody gets their shot, whether it's an all-time new one or a new band country. So we pulled out all the stops, uh, making it expensive, making it uh, long for us. It's going to be about a seven-week trip altogether, and um, we want to do it right. So, uh, unfortunately, right kind of equates to dollars in this situation, where you have to use helicopters to get to a good place where you have a good shot uh, at all, you know, all population areas. You're not behind a mountain or anything like that. Um, So, this is probably going to be the most costly de-expedition perhaps ever, and one of the biggest ever. All right. Well, that's uh, that's a very major undertaking, and so we appreciate you and your team um, taking that on. Do you have one more uh, question here with, that we can get in from uh, Troy Simpson, W9KVR, and uh, he says, uh, Jerry, uh, WB9Z, uh, is uh, kind of looking out for their school station, W9GRS, and um said that uh, Bryant, uh, KG5HVO, is going to be uh, a youth pilot. So uh, will there be a focus on um, making sure some of those youth and and school stations are in the log? We certainly hope so. You know, that's, uh, that's really important to us as a ham radio community to try and involve young people and get some new people into the hobby. And uh, Bryant uh, is going to be our youth pilot. 
is going to be working with the other pilots, and uh, uh, he'll have some specific duties to do. Uh, hopefully, uh, it will spark interest in uh, other people his age and bring them into the hobby. Uh, but yes, we're we're very excited about Bryant, and uh, you know Jerry and Val are just uh, tremendous resources for the uh, the de expedition, the hobby, the pilot system, and involving other people. So uh, it's going to be good. Excellent. Very, very good. And uh, I know uh, Canine SOU will be looking for you uh, on there uh, from school as well. So hopefully we'll we'll make all of that work. Well, Ralph, we've got just a couple of minutes left, so I'm just going to open it up to you. If you have any uh, last items you need to throw in here, anything that uh, you uh, want to make sure people know about, um, go ahead. You've got just a couple of minutes. Okay. Well, as I said, uh, we, we're, we're going to pull out all the stops on this one. I think if I had to say what is our best resource or what is most likely going to make us successful in this de-expedition, it's the team. Uh, we have got an outstanding group of people, not just good operators, but good people, common sense. They watch each other's backs. Uh, they take care of each other. And, uh, uh, they're all dependable, stable people who will not crumble under stress. Uh, so uh, that that is a, a, a tremendous resource, a tremendous advantage that we have. And I'm just uh, really happy to be associated with this group of people. They'll do a good job from Bouvet. You can count on it. Well, very good. And we uh, did post a picture of the team members uh on our social media outlets and on the promotions for the show. So you can check that out if you uh, would like to see the members of the team there. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you from Bouvet um, here in just a couple of months. And thanks so much for taking uh, the time out tonight to, uh, to give us a call and uh, let some people ask some questions about the big trip. Well, my pleasure, Neil. And, uh, I hope we get a lot of calls uh, of your listeners in our logbook, and uh, we'll do everything we can to make that possible. Very good. Well, we look forward to that. And uh, Troy mentions that uh, at uh, Glen Raymond School, they're uh, very excited about this de-expedition. That's a big hook for students getting into ham radio, and I, I couldn't agree more. So thank good. you so much for, for doing that and for uh, – uh, adding that uh, youth incentive in there, too. Sure. If there's anything that we can do with the schools, uh, clubs, youth, and so on, uh, try to let us know. You know, we'll go out of our way to try to make it uh, make it happen for the young people, the schools, the clubs, and so forth that involve youth. Uh, let us know. All right. Very good. Well, uh, Ralph, that's a wrap for this week's Ham Talk Live. Thanks, Again, to uh, Dr. Ralph Edor, K0IR, and everyone out there in cyberspace for listening and uh, for chiming in tonight. We appreciate uh, you as well. And uh, we'll be back next Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Dr. Rob Suggs, KB5EZ, will be here to talk about an event coming up next year. It'll be uh, all next year. It's called NASA on the Air. So be sure to tune in for that. They're going to be launching that in just a couple of weeks. So you can find out all the information about NASA on the air 
uh, coming up next week on Ham Talk Live. For a list of all of our upcoming guests, visit HamTalkLive.com. And uh, for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours. Thank you.